Well, good morning, church. It's good to be here with you this morning. Uh, you know, many years ago, uh, Jolyn and I, we, we bought our first car. Uh, it was a 99 four-door Saturn sedan. It was silver. And it was a great little car. We really loved it. And we, <coughs> excuse me, we would drive all over the country uh, with this car. Uh, the ch- tires were cheap to put on it. And so we would just drive it and drive it. And, and toward the end of our having this vehicle, we, uh, we started to notice that the check engine light was coming on. Now this little light, this check engine light, it's a little light that sometimes appears on your dashboard. It's a gauge, and it tells you something. It tells you that something's not quite right with your engine. The check engine light, everybody, is there so that you will check your engine. It is not there so that you can just put a little piece of paper or a a piece of uh, masking tape over the top so that you can ignore it. No. When you see the check engine light, you should check the engine. It might mean a whole bunch of different things. It could mean that you have not put enough oil in the car. It could mean that the the motor, the the engine that is moving your vehicle down the road right now, that that a cylinder is not operating uh, according to its specification, that it's not pumping whatever cylinders pump, okay? Okay? It could mean that there is an O2 sensor. I hate those O2 sensors. Because if your car has ever run like that car did, the O2 sensor is always going out. So you convince yourself that when the check engine light goes on, it must just be an O2 sensor, and I'm just going to keep driving. Oh, come on. I know I'm not the only one. But the check engine light is there for a reason. And in many ways, it acts like a mirror, isn't it? It tells you something is wrong. And it's not just enough to notice that the check engine light went on. It's not enough just to go, honey, the check engine light is on. Isn't that interesting? No, no, the check engine light is there so that you can go down to the mechanic and the mechanic is going to hook up whatever they hook up when you go to the mechanic and they're going to say, this is what's wrong with your vehicle. It's there so that you'll do something about it. That's what a check engine light is there for. A check engine light is there like a mirror is there for you. You got up this morning, didn't you? And almost all of you looked into a mirror. You got up and you looked into the mirror and maybe some of you had some serious bedhead going on. You'd slept on that side of your pillow and your hair maybe all matted up and you got up and it is everywhere. And you looked into the mirror and it told you something, didn't it? You looked into the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, right? And it said something back to you. And if you woke up with bedhead, it told you something very clear. Do something with the hair. Right? You looked into the mirror and it said, you need to change something about yourself this morning. Otherwise, the consequence is likely going to be you're going to show up to church this morning 
and everybody's going to look at you like you had a really rough night. And if we're being honest, probably talk about you behind your back on the way home. Did you see them? Yeah, I did too. Mm -hmm. We should pray for them. The mirror is there for a reason. It's there so that you will do something about what you're seeing. The mirror is speaking to you. Right? Teenagers, I know I've got a couple in here. Students, you wake up. And sometime over the night, something bad has happened to you. On your chin or on your nose, you know what's there. There is a giant zit. Now you have a choice. The mirror is speaking to you. What are you going to do about it? I know that your mom just cleaned the mirror, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> that was not a response I was expecting. <laughs> hey, we just got to keep it real, right, at Whiting Christian Church. Hey, this is a series about the real world, and the mirror is speaking to you, students. What are you going to do? I mean, you can decide to walk away and go somewhere else, but you know that later on in the day, there's going to be consequences. Somebody's going to look at you like, oh my goodness. You have this thing on your face, but they're not going to love you enough to tell you. They're just going to let it ride. What are you going to do when the mirror speaks to you? Ladies, you know what it's like, right? It's a, it's a summer day, and I think it's mascara, right? And it runs? Yeah. Maybe you went to a wedding and you started to cry, or maybe you're in the middle of a sermon and the preacher's just going too long and you just start to cry. <laughs> and, and it's running down, right? When you go in and you look at yourself in the mirror, right, it's speaking back at you. It's saying, do something about what you've seen. It's not enough just to see. You have to do something about it. What are you going to change about yourself? You're probably going to take something out and try and wipe it off, right? Ladies, yes? I've never worn mascara, so you're just going to have to tell me. Or guys, maybe it is that you have an important meeting uh, and, and you put a shirt on that you really like and the last time you wore it, you just kind of stuck it in the closet. And you get it out and it's kind of wrinkly and there might be a stain like right here. It's not one that you can just kind of cover up. And you, you have a decision to make right then. You're looking into the mirror. You know you have an important meeting. And you're thinking, could I get by with this? Does it stink too bad? But the mirror is telling you something. It's saying change something about the way that you are. You see, seeing in the mirror is not enough. Noticing what's happening when the mirror speaks to you just isn't enough. You have to do what the mirror tells you to do. It's not just enough to come in front of a mirror and to acknowledge that something's happening. If you're really going to to step in front of a mirror, if you're going to acknowledge what the mirror is telling you, then you actually have to begin to act on what it is that the mirror is saying. You have to actually see and do. 
This morning, we, we continue on in this series, Rocking in the Real World. And really, the aim of this series, the objective, is to really expand our faith, to, to really come and, 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 and help our faith mature, to become people who <coughs> are, are authentic, who are genuine in our faith, because we recognize that if, as a church, if we're going to help people find and follow Jesus, then we have to be people who are genuine and authentic in their faith. That if we're going to help build Christ-like community one neighbor at a time, we can't be people who are wishy-washy in their faith. That the people outside of this room uh, need to recognize what it's like when people who call themselves by the name of Christian actually begin to live like they are Christian. That they have a robust faith. And so James, in this book that we're studying, he opens up and he begins to say, hey, the Word of God is a mirror. And it's telling you something. The Word of God is the mirror that you wake up to every single morning. And it's not just enough to walk in front of the mirror. You have to do something about it. It's not simply enough to acknowledge that God's Word is saying something to you. You actually have to act on it. You see, James is is talking to a whole group of people, and and he's preaching to them. And he's saying, hey, you've got a bunch of trials, and you've got a bunch of troubles in your life, but God has some blessings out there for you. He's got some great rewards in store for you. He's got some things that he wants to give to you. He wants to give you maturity, and he wants to give you wholeness, and he wants to give you compassion, and he wants to give you freedom, and he wants to give you, uh, James says, he wants to even give you this crown of righteousness so that when you walk around in life, you recognize that God uh, favors you. God wants to give you that. But James is going to say so clearly He's going to say, if you want that kind of blessing in your life, if you want the kind of blessing that God has in store for you, then when you look into the mirror that is God's Word, you have to do what it says. That if you want the kind of of life, the complete, whole, mature life that God really desires for you to have, then when you look at God's Word and when you recognize what it's saying to you, then you have to be willing to act on it. So if you're curious this morning and you want to see the kind of blessing that God can bring to the kind of life that looks into the mirror of God's Word, if you want to see what those blessings might be, And you want to see the potential traps and deceptions that perhaps we would throw for ourselves. And would you join me in James chapter 1 this morning? Open up those Bibles to James chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, pull out a phone, get on that Bible app, James chapter 1. If you need a Bible, grab that one in the pew back in front of you. 
James is in the New Testament, which means it's toward the back of the Bible. If you get to Hebrews, you're almost there. Hebrews, and then James. And I know some of you are probably thinking of corny jokes about coffee right now. Hebrews, get it? Okay. (coughs) So once you get to Hebrews... Then you'll get to James, and, uh, and then we can continue on, and you don't have to hear any more corny jokes. Amen. Don, I'm so glad you said amen to that. That's good. <laughs> James chapter 1. God has in store for us all sorts of blessings when we look into God's Word. He has some blessings. He has some uh, things that he wants to favor us in. That's really what it means to be blessed, that God himself would, would look on you and favor you, that he would be a part of your life. I, I want you to notice just the, how this builds throughout chapter 1. Look with me, uh, would you, at, at verse 22. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. You see, God wants to give you a blessing. As chapter 1 has come down, we've recognized a number of blessings that God wants to do. He says, uh, let perseverance finish its work so that, what? You may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants to bless you. He says, I want you to be whole. I want you to be mature. In verse 12, he says, blessed is the one who perseveres under the trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him at the great blessing, isn't it? God wants you to be whole. He wants to give you a crown. He wants you to be able to uh, walk through life knowing that uh, God has favored you, that he has blessed your life, that you can walk and say, you know, I, I sense like I can walk through life right now like I've received something from God. My life is where it ought to be. In verse 25 of the text that we're in this morning, he says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law, that gives freedom. There's this blessing of freedom when we come to the Word of God. God wants to give us freedom. He says, hey, there's a whole field out there. I've established some boundaries for you, but I want you to live freely. I don't want you to live in fear. I don't want you to live in anxiety and depression. I want you to know that you can walk through life and do so freely. But if we want the blessing... If you're sitting there this morning saying uh, silently, I'm raising my hand, I would love those blessings. I would love the blessing of maturity. I would love the blessing of, of God's crown of life. I would love the blessing of freedom, knowing that I can go through life uh, uh, not having as much anxiety or depression. I, I would love that. That would be fantastic. But if you're saying that, If you're saying, I would love to have the blessing that God wants to give me, then you have to not just listen, 
you have to do. If you want the kind of blessing that God has in store for you through whatever trials and troubles you may be going through right now, then you can't just simply look into the mirror. You have to acknowledge it by doing something about it. In verse 25, I want you to notice what he says. He says, you have to look intently And you have to continue to do so. Look at verse 25. He says, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. You see, this idea of looking intently is like, uh, have you ever kind of looked into a pond or have you bent over? Uh, Maybe you've looked into the mirror and you get really close so that you can see something uh, as closely as humanly possible. Maybe you have looked through a lens uh, so that you can see something uh, very closely. Several years ago, we were at uh, Glacier National Park, and uh, there was a a demonstration of a number of people. Uh, They were out uh, near McDonald Lake, and uh, they had these really high-powered, whatever, I was going to say microscopes, but those aren't microscopes, uh, telescopes, telescopes, thank you. Uh, They're these great big, and they they had these special filters so that you could look right at the sun. And it was amazing. Here you are on earth looking millions of miles away trying to really peer in. And and what James is saying here is if you desire the kind of blessing that God would have to give you in your life, then you have to look really close. You have to peer into it. You have to get your telescope out and you have to begin to, to dig in. And he says you can't just do that one time. You have to do it all the time. You have to continue in it. It's this idea that that every day I'm looking intently into the mirror. Just like when you get up, just like when you do your hair, I'm looking intently into it. I'm going to look at it and see what the mirror tells me. Mirror, mirror on the wall, what are you going to tell me today? And I'm looking into God's Word and it's a mirror to my life and I'm going to try and look intently into it and answer it. What are you trying to tell me? And it's not haphazard, it's not hit and miss, it's not once in a while, it's it's regular. It's all the time. What does this mean? This means that when you come into gatherings like this one, and we open up God's Word together, and we read it together, and you open up your Bibles, and you open up your apps, It means that you don't just turn on your ears, you turn on your life. It means that you put your life where God's Word is. It means that when you look into God's Word and you recognize what God is saying to you, when you look into the mirror of God's Word and He begins to speak to you, that you don't just simply acknowledge that God has spoken, but you actually begin to act like God has spoken. So let's say you came into uh, a number of services and uh, you began to hear God's Word and we opened it up together and you heard God's Word about your marriage. And wives, you heard that in the Bible, God says, I want you to submit. At, At some level, I want you to submit to your husbands. And some of you are like, I don't want to do that. 
but God's word has set and set a mirror in front of your life. And you have a choice to make. He's speaking to you through the mirror of his word. And husbands, uh, you're looking into the word and you're like, I don't want to love my wife the way Jesus loved his church. I don't want to sacrifice anything for my wife. I think that she just ought to serve me all the time. She is here to serve me. That's how I approach my marriage. And there is a mirror being placed in front of your life. Will you sacrifice anything for your bride the way Christ sacrificed for His church? There's a mirror. There it is. What are you going to do about it? And the mirror on the wall is speaking back to you. You're a student. And your grades mean everything to you. And you know that, that you could just pull a paper from Google. You know that you could find one. You know you could probably change a few words here and there to make it look like you did all of this work. That there was a study that you had done. But when you showed up to church, that particular Sunday, it was about deception. It was about lying. And you went home and you thought, God is giving me a mirror. He's showing me something. The mirror is speaking to me right now. And you have a choice to make. Am I going to hear or am I going to do? And maybe it is for a whole variety of topics. Maybe it's, uh, <coughs> maybe it's reconciliation. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's your attitude toward people that you don't like. Uh, maybe it's a love of an enemy that you don't want to love. Uh, <coughs> maybe, maybe it's any number of things that Scripture begins to show us a mirror and you have a choice to make. God has shown me a mirror and the mirror is speaking to me. Will I see it? Will I hear it? Or will I put it into practice? You see, seeing is not enough. Hearing is not enough. Listening is not enough. James says so clearly, if you desire to have the kind of blessings that God wants you to have through the trials and in your faith, if you want the authentic, genuine kind of faith that James is trying to describe then you can't just merely look into the mirror. You can't just l listen to what it's saying. You have to do something about it. And James is going to give us some examples. There's a couple of verses right at the end of this section in verse 26 and 27. And he's going to begin to outline, <coughs> he's going to begin to outline some of the things that we're going to see. He's saying, he's saying hey, if you... If you're a person who desires to have these kind of blessings, I'm going to give you a little preview of what's coming. Uh, I'm going to give you a little preview of the kind of challenges that your life's going to encounter. Notice what he says. He says, hey, if you're truly religious and you don't keep a tight rein on your tongue, you deceive yourselves. Your religion is worthless. He says, religion that our God accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after orphans and widows. 
He says you also have to keep yourself from being polluted by the world. Hey, if you're wanting the kind of blessings that God's bringing to your life, he's giving you a preview, hey, hey, you're going to have to do something with your tongue. You're going to have to do something about how you engage the world so that you're not being polluted by it. You're going to have to look at the marginalized in your world and you're going to have to figure out how to treat them. And James is going to open up the book and he's beginning to say, hey, I have a mirror for you. I want you to look at it. And there's some things that I want you to really begin to consider. As you go through these trials, I don't want you to forget that how you live really does matter. Otherwise, your faith isn't really genuine. You see, seeing isn't enough. If God's Word is showing you something, You have to act on it. Now here's the thing. Some of you might be thinking, I just want the blessing. That's all I want. But James moves on and he says, hey, if you think that you will get the benefit of God's favor, if you think that God is going to show you wholeness and show you maturity, if you think that God is going to say, I'm going to give you the crown of life, but you're not willing to listen to what the mirror says, then you're self-deceived. Then you're deceiving yourself. Uh, Take a look at what he says in verse 21. He says, get rid of moral filth and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. See, this idea of accepting the word that's planted in you, it's this idea of I accept everything that it says to me. I'm going to give the word of God. I'm going to give my magic mirror, if you will. I'm going to give it full authority in my life. Whatever it says, I will respond to. If it says jump, I'm going to say how high. If it says I need you to do something different with your hair, I'm going to do that, something different with my hair. If it says I think you need to look uh, differently about something in a relationship uh, in regards to your purity, then that's what I'm going to do. I accept it. It's planted in me. It's a part of me. I will allow it to control me at some level. And I'm going to look, and I'm going to look intently, and I'm going to, I'm going to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But notice what he says. If you don't do this, he says you're, you're deceiving yourself. Look at verse 22. He says, don't merely listen to the Word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who, who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. When James talks about someone who is looking at himself in a mirror, he's not just talking about us in our physical selves coming across a mirror. What he's saying is when you look in a mirror of God's Word, and you are so clearly confronted with the idea of who God has made you to be, when there is a clear identity of who God has made you to be, when you recognize the purpose for which you were created, 
When you recognize your identity and how that identity kind of uh, trickles down into how you ought to behave in all of your life and in your behavior, uh, when you see that but do nothing about it, he says, you are deceiving yourself. Jesus is going to use another word for this. He says, uh, then you're really a hypocrite. You listen, but you don't do. And so church, we're confronted with a question, aren't we, this morning? We're confronted with this question. What is the mirror saying to you this morning? When you look deeply into the mirror that is God's word, what is it telling you? What's it telling you about your marriage? What's it telling, uh, telling you about your relational purity? What's it telling you about your attitude towards others? What's it telling you? What's it telling you about your habits? What's it telling you about your leadership? What's it telling you about your faith? Church, we need to put our lives where God's word is. We have to put our lives where God's word is. We cannot, we cannot merely turn on our ears without turning on our lives. So I'm going to leave you in the discomfort of the question. What do your gauges say? What does that check engine light look like? What does the mirror look like in your life right now? And I hope that as you go, that this morning there would be no question Lord, I will do whatever your mirror says I ought to do. It's not enough. Seeing is not enough. It's doing that's important. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are good. And we are confronted this morning by the mirror that you place in front of us, but I pray none of us would reject it. I pray, Lord, that we could come to know the blessings that you have in store for us. I pray that we could know maturity and wholeness. I pray that we could know the freedom that comes from looking deeply and intently into your law. I pray that our life could be free from anxiety and depression. I pray that we could live in the boundaries that you've given to us and and really frolic there, live freely. So Lord, if there is something this morning, if there's something this morning that we need to look at, I pray that we would not look only. I pray that we would not see only. Lord, help us to do. Help us to act. Help us to respond. And Lord, in responding, May you fill our life with blessing upon blessing. That our faith would grow. And Lord, as a church, 
we could be genuine and authentic and show people who you are. Continue to guide and lead us through your word. Thank you for this mirror. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.